Welcome to Saving the Game. This is bonus episode 8, 2016 New Year's Resolutions. Recorded Saturday, January 2nd of 2016, with your hosts, Grant and Peter. Welcome to Saving the Game, I'm Grant. And I'm Peter. And it's 2016. It is. It's, ah. uh... A day into 2016, even. Yes, because we're horribly late recording. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that sort of thing happens sometimes. And, uh, in fairness, our usual recording date was Christmas Eve, and then I got horribly sick, so, you know. You didn't get horribly sick, you remained horribly sick. No, no, it was a new and different horribly sick. Ugh. Yeah. For, for those who haven't been paying attention for the last two episodes, Grant and his wife have apparently been... Uh, entertaining one of the horsemen of the apocalypse, specifically pestilence. Oh yeah, no, he's got he's on the couch. Like, we're gonna charge him rent. It's real bad. All right, enough of that. Uh, let's let's get into this. So, if this is the first episode of yours tuning in to Saving the Game, first, hi, welcome, glad you're here. Second, this is probably not the right episode to start with because this is a bonus episode that we do every year, talking about our resolutions for 2016, kind of what we're going to do to keep them, and encouraging other people to post theirs so that we can kind of all keep each other honest on them. We're going to kind of stick a little tighter to our usual episode format for this one for a couple of reasons, but this is what we do every year. It's a tradition that we started way back in 2012, and it worked out pretty well for us. But before we get into that, I do want to ask, Peter, since we're recording after Christmas, due to you know, everything that went wrong. What's the most interesting or, you know, relevant to our listeners, like two gifts that you got this year for Christmas? Well, pretty much uh, my family has almost totally dispensed with gift giving. So what little bit that I did get was mostly money and gift cards. I've turned some of those around and gotten some interesting Steam games and stuff because that sale's going on. Oh, yes. I picked up the expansion for Invisible Ink, which... I don't know. Have you uh, have you played that at all? Or no, I have heard good things about it, but like so much else, I am out of the loop. I think you specifically would like that game a lot. It's a turn-based uh, stealth game with a small team of corporate espionage types, where you're trying to sneak through a secure facility and steal stuff and access data and that sort of thing. Okay, it's very XCOMy in the way the user interface works. Uh, really, really interesting, highly polished game. It's by that uh, developer Clay. They're the same people who made uh, Mark of the Ninja and Don't Starve. Okay. So oh, yeah. Very, okay. Very different from both of those games, but that gives you some idea of the quality level that we're talking about here. And then uh, I've been hearing a lot about this game called Her Story, which is this FMV detective game. It's popped okay. up on a bunch of podcasts and stuff where apparently it's just a... Um, kind of a lousy search engine and a bunch of video clips, and you're supposed to kind of figure out what's going on. Huh. So I picked that up. I've fired it up for maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes or so and played around with it a little bit, but I haven't really dug in. So that should be interesting. Fair enough. All the rest of the actual gifts that I got were edible. So <laughs> okay. what, did, what did you get? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so I got um, a little bit of Steam money, so I picked up uh, the Banner Saga Fez, which is really good. And, of course, Civ Five because it was massively discounted and 
that's it was hit five. Well, and it's it is so many hours of gameplay for your money. It's ridiculous. Yeah, actually, that all three of those are pretty good for time to uh, investment. Yeah, it is. But but those are not the two I wanted to talk about. The two I wanted to talk about are books. The first is the Blue Devils in Italy, a history of the 88th Infantry Division. Now, that may sound really obscure and specific, but there's a reason that book was on my wish list. It's a kind of infantry-level history of this um, this particular inf- infantry division's campaign in Italy. Uh, they were the first all-draftee division in World War II. And, you know, it, it's a perfectly fine history. There's some interesting details and knowledge in there. Turns out, by the way, the original commander of that unit, the uh, the general, is from Greenville, South Carolina. Odd coincidence. Oh, that's kind of cool. But it's personally important because that is the unit that my mother's father served in. Okay. So, you know, he's got some medals. The book does not list it, but he has a silver star, or had a silver star that he earned. Which, for those of you who don't know U.S. military, that's a very impressive You have to do something seriously courageous to get a silver star. Some of those are occasionally handed out posthumously. They are not the top tier of medals, but they are not that far behind the top tier either. I think Um, they're only a step or two below the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is the top tier. So they're way up there. Right. So, you know, he earned one of those. Unfortunately, the book did not say why he specifically earned it, but it kind of described the campaign that they were in. And so I was really curious about that. And this is the only book out there really about the 88th. And so it was personally interesting just to kind of read up on this bit. Because after he got back from the war, he never talked about any of it. He definitely had a lot of PTSD. And this was in the 50s, and you know, the late 40s. And men didn't talk about that sort of thing, so he drank instead. So my mom has no history to pass on. As a result, this is the only source I've got of this bit of family history. So it, it had a lot of personal interest. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, and it, it's a good book if you are a World War II history buff. Um, there's probably not a ton in there that you're going to learn on kind of the large scale, but it is definitely written by infantrymen for infantrymen. It's Doughboys writing about their time there, and it starts from when the unit was activated all the way through occupation in Trieste and that area. So... It covers more than just that campaign. So it's it's interesting stuff. And then the other book I got that was, I think, interesting to this podcast, since we have been talking so much about Gnosticism and other uh, weird heresies and just a lot of para-Christian mythology, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's probably as good a term as any until we get corrected anyway. Yeah. So I got a copy of Gustav Davidson's A Dictionary of Angels, Including the Fallen Angels. Okay. And this book is uh, about 400 pages of... Whoa! This is not light reading, in other words. Well, no, it is a dictionary. It is just absolutely straight up a dictionary of all of these different angelic names from hundreds of traditions and sources. There's a giant bibliography in the back. The bibliography is, oh goodness, probably 30 pages, maybe more. And probably at least 10% of the value of the thing, I would imagine. Ah, uh, yeah, very much so. But the, it described... You, you remember you were talking in our last episode asking about, like, specific names of things? Yeah. Yeah. This has specific names of all of these different things. These Manichaean ent- entities, huh? Yeah, but not just Manichaean. It's, you know, um, 
various Jewish angelic sources, uses in mythology, uses here and uh, here and there, you know, various um, Gnostic texts, um, some stuff like, you know, hey, this was a name of an angel found on an amulet dedicated to this particular god. Now, does That's this go into, like, about. Dante and Milton and stuff, too? Or uh, Yeah, it, it mentions them w uh, when they appear, because, of course, Milton's drawing from those traditional names. So, like, uh, right. Uriel, for example, one of the leading angels in non-canonical lore and ranked variously as a seraph, cherub, regent of the sun, flame of God, angel of the presence, presider over Tartarus, Hades, archangel of salvation, as in 2nd Esdras, etc. In the latter work, he acts as heavenly interpreter of Ezra's visions. In Enoch 1, he is the angel who watches over thunder and terror. In the book of Adam and Eve, he presides over repentance. Uriel is supposed to be, says Abbot Ansgar Vonier in The Teaching of the Catholic Church, the spirit who stood at the gate of the Lost Eden with the fiery sword. The book of Adam and Eve designates him as this spirit, i.e. one of the cherubims of Genesis 3. He is invoked in some of the ancient litanies. He has been identified as one of the angels who helped bury Adam and Abel in paradise, etc., 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 etc. So... A lot of really interesting reference material in here. Uh, there's a lot of Islamic angels, which is something I know nothing about. Just anything that kind of comes from that Abrahamic tradition and the angelic traditions that have cropped up in the millennia of that tradition, it's got references to. So what you're saying is this is another entry for the next time we do our gaming curriculum. Um, Quite maybe. possibly, it's... anyway. <laughs> It's very specific. Certainly, it is a great source of names, especially if you um, need, like I'm using this in our sci-fi play-by-email game as a way to name classes of ships, because... I can see that. It works well, you know, you can pick very thematic ones, and at the same time, it it's basically nonsense names as far as the game is concerned, because they don't have any meaning outside of those names. You know, it's not like I'm naming it a... I don't know, planet cracker class. Right. And it's a Uriel class or something. Y yeah, instead. it's a, you know, Debarial class. Okay, cool. That sounds great and very futury cool. The last time I played uh, Galactic Empires, or no, Gal Galsiv 2. Uh -huh. I, I have such a hard time coming up with that name. Anyways, I had the, um, I was playing the humans and I used like, judicial official names and stuff as the uh the classes of ships so it would be like you know an adjudicator class a judge class a bailiff class right and that worked out pretty well but i like your idea of just pulling angel names from the book even better because you've got a lot more of those yeah i mean i got like 400 pages of names so might as well well probably yeah. like 350 after all the reference stuff but you know what i mean how many names per page roughly like probably 20 a page on, wow. If it's doing, like, less known stuff. But, like, Beelzebub is only two paragraphs, so... So you have you have roughly 20,000 names or so, give or take? Well, yeah, um, a lot of them turn out to be, um... Variations on the same names? Yes, variations on the same. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's a cool one, and I will definitely link it in the show notes for anyone else who is interested. You know, while we're uh, we're talking about books, before we dig into our main topic... I've posted this on Facebook, but just in case anybody hasn't checked there and would be interested, years after being hounded by roughly everybody I know, including a former host on this podcast, I have finally started reading the Dresden Files, so oh. I'm I'm about halfway through book three at this point, and it's it's actually very good. It's um it's fun, pulpy, noir y 
urban fantasy. Yeah. Like the characters, like Jim Butcher's writing style. It's not high literature by any stretch of the imagination, but it's very, very good, popular, fun fiction. So. Yeah. I I don't know if this is going to make sense, and I may have said this on the podcast before. Jim Butcher's work has exactly the same effect on me as Joss Whedon's work, which is to say, while I am in the middle of it, I enjoy it. But as soon as an episode or book ends that I have for whatever reason started, I have zero interest in picking up the next one. Huh. And That's interesting. It really does feel like exactly the same to me, where it's just like, oh, yeah, it, he's the... He's the Jim Butcher of TV, or, oh, he's the Joss Whedon of modern urban fantasy. Topically, they have very little to do with each other. There's a bit of stylistic similarity in a weird way, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, the way that their characters interact and stuff is kind of similar. Yeah, but it just has the same effect on me where it is enjoyable, but I, I don't care. You can appreciate it, but it will never get its hooks into you. Yeah, like, I, I look at it and go, I understand why people like this. I'm not going to hate on anyone for liking Firefly, but Firefly didn't do it for me, and neither does The Dresden Files or any anything else Jim Butcher wrote. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and go, oh, well, how can you like that trash? It's just, it it doesn't hit my buttons. Well, I, and I mean, fair enough. And I, for the longest time, I just wasn't giving it a fair shake. I had a bunch of... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad stuff you are. that was I was just sitting there stubbornly um, refusing to read something that about half of my friends were like, no, really, this is a personalized recommendation. You specifically will like right. this. And, you know, so, I read the first six books of the Dresden Files trying to make sure I gave him a fair shake. So this is yeah, not I just would, me like I would oh, say you've I, done your I bit. tried one. Um, and certainly, like I said, I think it's great for you. Like <laughs> you definitely need to finish it. Yeah. But yeah, little tangent there. Anyway, let's let's get on to our with our scripture and then let's get on with our resolutions. Okay. All right, so you want James or Revelation? I'll take James. All right. So this is James 2, 14 to 17, and this is the uh just as a reminder to everyone, this is the New International Version that we read all of our scripture from. Some of you may have heard different translations of this in particular. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And this is Revelations three fifteen through 18 I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put in your eyes so you can see. So we're talking about our resolutions for 2016 here. Once again, I want to encourage everyone who wants to, to uh, post their own resolutions in the show notes, just to get a conversation going about it, you know, tweet them at us or share them on Facebook, whatever you like. And that way you have a, a written record that you can refer back to, because I certainly referred back to 2015 for almost all of my resolutions for 2016, as it happens. Yeah, I'm really I didn't do so hot on keeping mine up either, yeah. to the point where I actually am trying something a little different with the way that I'm doing them this year, so... Mm. We Good can call. get into that as we get going. 
Yep. All right. Well, why don't you start us off then? Okay. We're going to do, we do these in three categories. And Peter, let's start with your personal resolution, stuff for your personal life. Okay. So, um, first one is, uh, I really need to finally finish my degree in network security. If it's at all possible to get that reconciled with the college's scheduling department. Um, for those that don't know, I've been slowly like one class at a time taking internet and night classes to try and get a, a network security degree for a couple of years now. And I think I'm finally nearing the end, which means I can start looking for jobs in, you know, the tech field instead of just in retail shipping and receiving. So right. I really want to knock that out. However, I am not taking anything this particular spring semester due to scheduling and financial reasons. So I am hoping that I can take some time and test out of the math class that I think I need. That would be Which good. would save money, time, and give me bragging rights. So. Indeed. Although certainly you may want to make sure that you actually do or don't need it, because if you can save the testing, yeah. hey, that's even better. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, the next one that I've got is one that I did grab from last year that I think is still a, a good idea, which is find some enjoyable ways to get physical activity outside of work. My job is decently physical, but it's so repetitive that... Um, it's actually going to affect the next resolution that I'm going to kind of jump in the list here too, which is to get rid of my wrist tendonitis. Um, I have developed some tendonitis in my right wrist and it's not comfortable. So <laughs> I need to start getting a little more variety in my physical movement. So I'm not just taxing particular muscle groups and joints and stuff. Um, the next one is to contract my list of responsibilities a little bit. I have said yes to a few too many things over the years and I kind of need to walk some of that back. Um, in particular, while I'm honored to sit on my church's board of trustees, all of the real substantive work is handled by like this core group of retired guys while the rest of us who have day jobs are working. And there's really not a lot that I can contribute to that one. So when my term runs out at the end of the summer, I think I'm probably going to let that one go. Okay. Let's start with those. Why don't you do a few and then I'll come in and finish up yeah. the last few and you can do the last few. Okay, that sounds good. Um, like you, workout and exercise is a big deal. I had kind of gotten into the habit of monitoring calories properly and working out regularly at different times of the year last year, but I never got the two in sync. And then as soon as Thanksgiving hit, everything fell apart horribly. Really as soon as the pre-Thanksgiving illness that I had hit. Yeah, you've not had a good year for... And I, you know what? Um, I don't that. feel bad about not being able to work out a ton this past month because it, yeah. it's crazy. It's very difficult to start a habit like that at this time. But now is the time to get back into it. I need to find something that works for me, and I don't know what that is. Simply stopping by the gym in the morning doesn't seem to be cutting it. I'm, I may need to find like a class or something. Basically, I think what needs to happen is I need to spend more money. A lot of people think, oh, well, you can't just throw money at fitness, but if it will do more than get me a gym membership I'm not using and instead yeah. give me something that I have to live up to, like, you know, a class of people that will help motivate me or something like that. There's a gym that my parents go to that is not especially far away that Chrissy and I are thinking of switching to because they do Zumba classes. My wife's a uh, licensed Zumba instructor and they also have childcare. And that would be a huge deal because then we could all go to the gym and not have to worry about, okay, who's taking care of who and that sort of thing. 
Now, that's going to be complicated by the next part of this, which is be an engaged father of two this year instead of just one, because kid number two is due into February. And that'll be fun. Like, it'll be amazing to have another kid and a son this time, but, oh boy, that's going to be a lot of work. I think I did a good job re-engaging with my daughter over the Christmas break. I took a week off work, and that's helped a ton, but at the same time, it's something I really need to focus on, and th that is just an ongoing resolution, you know? Yeah, um, be an active and engaged parent is something that you really kind of don't ever get out of until, you know, right, maybe but, you're in your 70s. Yeah, but so. it's also important, well, not even into your 70s, if my dad is any, <laughs> any example, but it's also not something that I ever want to let slack. So. Right. Yeah, it's it's a, the sort of thing that's good to remind yourself about. Yep. Um, and certainly read a book a month is up there. I, I guess I've done mine for December because I read through all of the, the Blue Devils in Italy, so that was good. And up next on my list is David Lamott's World Changing 101, Challenging the Myth of Powerlessness, which is another Christmas gift. But uh, I have several other books in the backlog, and I need to go ahead and feel okay about buying books to read for fun. Because right now I'm not doing that. All right. That's enough from me for right now. What's your next couple? Well, actually, uh, my next one is maintain my newly regained habit of reading for fun. I used to read for enjoyment all the time. I was a voracious reader back when I was a kid. I remember sitting on the couch in my parents' house when I was in like late days of junior high, early days of high school with a Tom Clancy novel. And those things are doorstops. Yeah. And getting through it in just a couple of days. So... I have uh, I have found something that's enjoyable for me to read, and I don't feel like it's an assignment, and I just kind of want to keep doing it. <laughs> I'll probably work my way through at least another couple books of the uh, Dresden Files, but whenever I get through that series, which may not even be this year, I'm going to need to find something else. So that's definitely something I want to keep up. I will once again recommend from our um, last gaming curriculum episode, the Earthsea novels. Yeah, when you talked about those, that really piqued my interest. So I think that might be the next thing after the Dresden Files, or if I need a palate cleanser but still want to do uh, nerd-troped stuff, that yeah. would probably be the next thing I dig into. Excellent choice. I still got to finish Hyperion, but I have to find it first. Fair enough. The paperback got buried in a pile of something around here. and I had exactly that problem, actually, with Hyperion. <laughs> Hyperion gets lost really easily. It's a sneaky book. It is. I don't know where it goes. It just like shows up under papers four years after you think you lose it my last personal one was do some more fiction writing i've written a couple of short stories and actually gotten them published and i started on one for sojourn three and my heart just wasn't in it so i just kind of let that one drop i don't know i i feel like i should and could get back on the writing horse again uh, it's just a matter of finding time and getting some ideas about what to write about so I would like to go back to my Lantern Knight thing. I think I probably could get a whole novel out of that if I really could buckle down, but we'll see. Right. What are your last ones? Well, so the, my last two, and one of these is a big one, but the first one I want to talk about is reworking our yard. Our yard just needs a ton of love. It's not had any love in like 30 years, aside from being mowed. And it just, it needs a ton of work. I've got to re, like mulch the front, do some of the side beds. Just, I need to invest money into it and time and that just hasn't happened previously. Well, you guys have that really awesome, like, magnolia tree, is it, that you can just walk into? It's like a tree tent thing. Yeah, I, I want to leave that so. up as much as I can, although we are thinking of taking it down because it's an old magnolia and those get brittle. 
it's big enough to cause problems, especially since the power lines run through it and they have to keep trimming it back every year. So, Oh, yeah. Wind and brittle old trees are not a good combination. Not, not so. a good combination. I, there's another very tall uh, white pine next to those same power lines that scares me to death. Because white pines, for those who aren't living around here, are basically an extremely tall trunk, like three or four stories tall, a bunch of leaves at the top, and a very shallow root ball. They are just waiting to topple over. They are the dominoes of that nature created for the South. We had a bunch in my yard when I was growing up as a kid, and we probably had, we had 60 trees taken out when we moved in, and we still had enough left that one would fall every couple of years. Well, and pine trees are just hideously flammable, too. So. Yeah, and I don't care about the flammable in this case, it's just, it's a danger having it close to the house and the power lines. It needs well, I'm to just down. thinking if it sparks the power line as it's coming down, it might catch fire, but... Well, yeah, that's bad, too. Anyway, so there's just yard work that needs to be done. The big one, and I've kind of buried the lead on this a little bit, is for the podcast. So I want to do a couple of things with, the, with saving the game this year. First, I want to really get an emphasis on getting good, interesting guests and trying to reach out to people who are not naturally the kind of people who would come onto the show, by which I mean, don't be afraid to ask bigger names onto the show. Certainly, people like Derek White uh, are awesome people to have on. Derek's, you know, very famous within the Christian gamer community, I would say, especially the con-going community, but that's still relatively small. I want to try and get some names that people would recognize and get their perspectives on things. We've got a list of people I want to reach out to. Second, I want to recommit to spending time improving the podcast, and that ties into the third thing, which is launching a Patreon campaign for saving the game. Now, that may sound kind of crazy, especially because we have, for the past three years, made a habit of turning down donations to saving the game. With good reason. We didn't really have any idea how to spend those. And we would rather people donate to the charities that we encourage people to donate to at the end of the year. <clears throat> which is another thing that needs to get reworked, because we didn't get any donations for this year's charity drive. Any. Oof. Uh, yeah. The basic goal of this Patreon campaign that we're going to be launching, and I don't have a time frame for it or anything like that, I, this is early planning stages, but the basic goal is to find ways to improve listener content. Mostly this is a fund for getting us to conventions, because conventions are places for us to learn new things, to uh, meet new people, you know, do some networking, get new games under our belt to talk about, find new issues meet up with listeners, and just have content to talk about on saving the game. But there are other sources of that content that we could use some help paying for. Um, this is in no way going to pay for the existing costs of producing saving the game. If nobody donates to the Patreon campaign, the show will continue just as it is. This campaign is to help bring it up a notch and improve what's already there. Now, we are still working out rewards. If you have suggestions for rewards, go ahead and email us. Mostly Grant, because he's the one who's really kind of hmm? managing all of this. Say again? You said us, and I said mostly you, because you're the one who's managing all of this. Well, sure, but, you know, certainly I'm taking your input on it. Um, yeah, no, but, I mean, if you really want to send something to me, feel free. Well, you can always so. just send it to hosts at stgcast.org, and that'll go to both of us. So if you have something you want to recommend, you know, that's great. Uh, one thing I will say, because this has come up in conversation with listeners before, something like an actual play series 
would not be a Patreon reward. That is something that we would put out as main content. If we ever get there. Well, it's it's a time thing for me. Yeah, and it really I am is. trying my best to reduce the amount of editing time that goes into the show. That's the holdup. Let's be honest. That's the reason we're a every other week show. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have more on this over the next, I don't know, couple months. I want to put together an actual Patreon campaign and pitch and that sort of thing. But that's kind of where we're headed with this and what I really need to focus on really throughout January and then maintain through the rest of the year. All right. That's enough about that. Let's talk about gaming resolutions. Actually, before we go into the gaming resolutions, I think this is probably a good time to bring up a tool that uh, I have started using for resolution tracking this year. Uh Uh-huh. Are you familiar with Habitica? Habitica? No, I am not. H-A-B-I-T-I-C-A dot com. Um, This is actually something that our mutual friend who goes by Mumbles has uh, recommended. Uh And I went through and set it up. It used to, I think, be Habit RPG. It is basically a gamified to-do list and, like, daily task tracker. You've got three tabs, habits, dailies, and to-dos. Um, habits are things that you want to encourage or discourage in yourself. Dailies are things that need to be done every day or on certain days. And to-dos are like larger projects that you're working towards. Each one of these gives you, um, as you complete these things, they give you a certain amount of in-game currency and experience and your little character can level up and you can do questing and stuff. That's all wonderful for the people who like that stuff. I don't really foresee myself doing much with that, if anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a really, really nice, convenient, well-laid-out tracking system for, hey, I want to make sure that I do these things and don't do these things, and I want to make sure this gets done every day, and these are my big projects and stuff. So okay, it takes about five minutes to set it up. The user interface is really nice and clean. There's a smartphone app that goes with it. And hey, if the... uh, the gamification stuff um, does it for you. It looks like that goes pretty deep, and there's lots there. So You know, it actually does work for me, so I will definitely check that out, like, right after this show. Yeah, it's it's real cool. Because Todoist is not working for me, sadly. Yeah. It, it, it's too it easy works... to ignore. That's what it is. Yeah, that's and I think that's the thing that um, Habitica has the, the additional kind of prod of your character loses health. If you um, don't do stuff, if you just ignore it. Gotcha. Which is, you know, obviously not a very big stick, but it's just enough of one where I've been checking it every single day since I set it up. So hey, there you go. All right. So let's do get on to our gaming stuff. You want to yes. go first? Um, or you want me eh, to? Why don't you go first this time? We All can right, switch we'll off like we do for these. So let's talk about the stuff I want to do convention-wise this year. I am committed to and going to volunteer at Electric City Comic Con in Anderson, South Carolina this year. That's going to be in the summer. I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head, but I will link uh, Electric City Comic Con in the show notes. I'm going to be volunteering there. I've actually kind of helped plan with them some of their gaming stuff, giving them some ideas, just kind of consulting with them on that because it's a brand new con and they wanted somebody local and I'm good friends with one of the planners. So, you know, it worked out. I'm also going to make it a goal this year to attend two other conventions. Now, uh, the Patreon campaign will probably help with that if it gets off the ground, but I do want to try and get to two other cons, partly for, you know, networking reasons, but also just because it would be fun. 
Two is a very high bar because leaving my wife home with a infant and a three-year-old is the kind of thing I need to pay for well in advance and well after. And I don't mean in money, I mean in time, attention, and favors. So that may not happen, but I want to try and get to at least one, and really I'm aiming for two if I can. Well, and I mean, they don't have to be like Fear the Con where you have to travel halfway across the country. A couple of, you know, one or two day local trips when the kids are off with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. I mean, there's some you know, in that Charlotte. That sort of thing would count, you know, so. Like, there's one in Charlotte that's really good, that sort of thing. I mean, it's stuff that we can manage. I just, I, I have to make sure that I have everything ready to go for that. Heck, if you take closer ones, you can take her with you. Well, but see, then she's just traveling with two kids and not gaming. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. And I suppose one of the kids is too young to be left with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Just when you got to that stage with the first one, the second one comes along, huh? Exactly. Anyway, that's part one of my gaming stuff. What are, What's yours? I used to do this blog called Clearing the Backlog, where I had like this huge list of games to play, books to read, movies to watch, TV shows to watch, that sort of thing. And I would cross stuff off of that list and then write about it. It's probably the most successful blogging venture I've ever done. I generated lots of content for it. I was able to keep it going for a while, and I just kind of let it die. So I am resurrecting that. Uh, I actually wrote the first post for the new version of it today. One of the things that I need to work into my, I guess, into Habitica is when I write something, I need to share it out so yes. I can actually get some eyeballs on it. <laughs> Promote it. It's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> I am. I really suck at promoting things. Well, so do I, which is why, but apparently you're just less involved in it, which is why you leave all the saving the game promotion to me. Well, some of that is I work during the time when you're doing a lot of the promoting, too. I'll take a lunch break or come home in the evening and fire up my computer and be like, oh, look, he shared it out on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Fair yeah. enough. So my next one is I want to make it to at least one gaming convention. Probably GaryCon, because I can see Derek there, and it's within easy driving distance of me, so okay. I don't have to get a hotel. We'll see what happens. Let's get your next couple, and then I'll give my last couple. Right. So mine, specific to, like, games that I actually want to run and play in. Um, we've got an ongoing werewolf game that is kicking back into gear, hopefully next week. Yeah, I really hope so. It's been a long hiatus. Uh, it has, but I think we can recover well. Yeah, I think so, too. I like that character, but he's very shallow right now. I want to kind of deepen that character, turn it into a really good character that I'm invested in. He needs some more texture, huh? Yeah, like, the potential's there, and I'm having fun with him just being kind of a little bit of a jerk and very sarcastic. That's that's fine as far as it goes, but it's not really a character. It's a mouthpiece for me to mouth off with, which is great stress relief, but it's not a, the kind of character I really want to play. I do want to run a Rogue Trader one-shot this year for our group, even if it's, hey, let's take a quick break from the werewolf game just to do this one fun thing. If it turns into a, an ongoing thing, cool. If not, cool. I got my Rogue Trader in. I'm happy. Something that we could do over the summer or something, maybe. Whenever. Doesn't matter. And I may bring other people in for it, because if it's a one-shot, I don't care about trying to juggle six people. Right. And then I'm going to try and buy one new game for myself this year. For fun and for learning and just treating myself to that, because I have a real tendency to say, well, I'm not playing any other games right now. Why should I buy them? Which is fiscally sound, but at the same time, I'm also not learning and improving as a gamer and GM. So, right. you know, maybe some of my Christmas money will go to that. We'll see. 
Okay, and then I've got, I would like to start making it at least occasionally to the Commander Knight at the local game store, because that would be a good painless way for me to get some more meat space gaming in. Yep. Possibly make some connections and actually use these piles of cards that I'm surrounded with all the time. <laughs> yep. Make that investment um, pay off. Yeah. And um, I would also like to get back into some of the uh, the gaming forums out there, particularly the Fear the Boot and Gamers with Jobs ones. Mm -hmm. Those are two large communities, one of which I, I have a pretty good set of roots in. And <laughs> let's be honest, most of my friends are, are booters or former booters. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have half of the friends that I have today if it weren't for the Fear the Boot forums. And I haven't saving been the game wouldn't exist without it. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So I'm. I'm all actually already in the process of getting back in there, and I've been kind of trying to do the same thing with Gamers with Jobs, which is another long-running video gaming podcast that has a an established community. And I'm hoping cool. I can kind of network in there a little bit. And then one that I forgot to put on the list until you started talking about your last one is learn and hopefully run or play some of these games that I've gotten from Kickstarter. Hmm, okay. I've got um, the digital versions of the Dracula Dossier books, Feng Shui 2, Downfall, and Vow of Honor. And I have basically skimmed them. Need to do something more than that with these things. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, one oh. thing I should add for mine, by the way. Uh, Unknown Armies... Third edition is supposed to come out this year. I'm not counting that as my buy one new game for myself because that's just an automatic buy for me. Yeah, that thing's getting pounced on by both of us as yeah. soon as it comes out, I think. Yeah, if it comes out this year. They're hoping for 2016 sometime. Yeah, so. well, if it comes out in 2017, it'll get pounced on in 2017 yeah, by whenever, both of us. It'll get pounced whenever. It's fine. That's it for me for gaming. Cool. Well, let's move on to our faith ones then. Um, I'll let you go ahead and start with these. All right. Um, I think you and I have actually some pretty similar ones here so yeah i'm looking at these and it seems like it's mostly just wording so i'd like to ritualize my faith a little bit more um establish daily habits of prayer and study it's been something that's been difficult for me over the years so i'm i'm hoping maybe um using some of the tools at my disposal like habitica and stuff can help me with that the next one that i've got is try to make some kind of a dent in the theological reading list that Derek White keeps adding to. Yeah. I've got a couple of books by Richard Beck and Adam Hamilton that I'd like to read in particular, and a few of those I've been sitting on for years, so I'd really like to get those knocked off the list. And then the last one is basically just boils down to be a better Christian. It's look for more ways to live out my faith in my daily life, become more helpful, generous, patient, and compassionate. Mm -hmm. I do a good job of putting like a virtuous face out there and I try very hard to live by it but I've definitely got some serious character flaws in particular I can my temper can flare so I've really kind of put this as a front and center thing to work on this year yeah and honestly mine are pretty similar um turn prayer into a habit a very important one I do not pray regularly really very much at all um yeah, I'm lousy at it, too. And uh, that's just something that I didn't learn it as a kid. It's just not something I think about much. So I need to fix that. Like you, I have a large collection of, you know, theology and kind of faith in the real world kind of books that I've collected over the years, especially since starting Saving the Game. I need to get through those. I want to pick up one or two more that seem really interesting as well. Like those may go into my book a month to-do list, but hey, you know what? If that gets them read, I'm all for it. 
While unfrustratingly just having them doesn't put the knowledge in your head, you actually have to crack the things open and read them. I know. I, if I could just, you know, go to bed with a book and wake up having read it, it'd be so much easier. Or, you know, like, just sit on it and kind of absorb it through, you know, like, rest an arm on it, like, as an armrest while I'm sitting there and just kind of absorb it through my skin, but no, it doesn't work that way. No, sadly. Anfo doesn't work on books. Um, no. And then the, the last one is turning my faith into something more concrete, actually producing good deeds. And, and this is why I wanted that passage from James 2 in our scripture reading for this episode. I have a very bad tendency of having a faith that is almost entirely intellectual. It very rarely translates into concrete, helpful action for people who need help. You know, charity is kind of a, an arm's length thing. I'm not out there volunteering for things. I'm not giving of my time and talent. I'm just sort of giving to the church and occasionally charity and hoping everything works out. It's a faith without works, and I need to fix that. The Calvinist part of me and probably a lot of our listeners, you know, the hackles are probably going up a little bit here, but while works are not required for salvation, a faith that does not produce works is not a sustainable faith. There's a feedback loop there that's important. And more to the point, it's, it's maybe a sign that your faith isn't in the right place or manifesting the right way. It's not as healthy as it should be. And certainly I've noticed that in my own life. So that's something that I need to fix. How I'm going to do that exactly, I am not sure. There are some opportunities in my church. There are some opportunities kind of around where I live. And I need to go ahead and commit to those and get them worked into my schedule before baby number two shows up. Yeah. So those are mine, and I think those are all of yours. I do want to hear, listeners, what your resolutions are this year. It's always good to kind of hear those. Uh, if nothing else, you may give us ideas for things we need, and we hopefully have given you some ideas on things to improve. And if we can all kind of work together, if we all sign up for Habitica together and, you know, keep each other honest, hey, great, right? Yeah. Actually, if multiple people sign up for that, we can certainly all add each other and try and keep each other honest and have a, I don't know, is there such a thing as a guild in Habitica? Um, there's this whole battle monsters with friends thing, so... Yeah, all right, um, there we go. We could We could certainly start exploring some of the social features. Like I said, I'm... Basically just using it as a really awesome version of Todoist, so... Fair enough. I don't know. I like the idea of my task list crushing your task list. <laughs> I don't know that there's PvP, but uh, your task list and my task list teaming up together to crush a dragon is about as good as you can get, I think. There's a certain weird surrealism to that. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. All right, so... <laughs> I cast wash the dishes, the dragon takes 30 damage. Yeah, see, that just makes it sound cheesy, but I like the idea that, you know, my accomplishments this year slew a dragon. Although the PvP is honestly kind of funnier to think about. Anyway, yeah. Um, one thing that you can do to help us out, if one of your goals this year is helping us, is share us on social media and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else. Fine, podcasts are uh, given away for free. That helps us a ton. Did anything ever come of that Google music thing or i i haven't heard anything yet but that's not to say that they aren't planning to do it at some point we'll see maybe that's one of google's resolutions i certainly hope so i'd love it if they'd get up to it hopefully something will come out of it but who knows anyway once that does happen you can review us there in the meantime tell your friends about us and i will be producing more information about our patreon campaign as more of that is worked out 
Uh, if you have feedback on that, definitely let us know. I want to kind of hear, you know, what works for you as listeners and that sort of thing. Just make sure I'm not doing anything stupid. All right. Well, from both of us here at Saving the Game and to everybody who's listening and trying to put a good face on things this year, have a good one. Take it easy. We'll catch you next time. Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year. This podcast episode is a production of Saving the Game and may be redistributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial, non-derivative license, so long as appropriate credit is given. Our music is by Ryan Humphrey. Saving the Game is syndicated through inroadsministries.com, rpgpodcasts.com, stitcher.com, and iTunes. To hear past episodes and to connect with us or our community of listeners, visit our website at savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, and happy gaming.